0: Have you ever wondered, what do these people know that I don't know? How do I do it? How do I find my purpose, my passions? What if you could sit down with some of the wisest experts, everyday leaders, and inspirational people who could answer your deepest questions? That is what we do here on the Inspirational Living Podcast We invite you to join us as we hold conversations, share wisdom, tips, and tools to inspire you, ignite your passions and vision for your life, to awaken your sense of purpose and hope and leave you inspired to design your best life. Join me, your host, psychologist, Dr. Sean Horn, as we take you on an inspirational, motivational, and educational journey so you can inspire, By living an inspired life. I am thrilled to bring this guest on to share with us her inspirational story and wisdom. Raina Javari is a television chef on an Emmy winning cooking show, a punk musician, stand up comedian, and lifestyle writer who's been published by Rolling Stone, Forbes, Vogue, and CNN but her confidence is hard earned. She grew up as a shy, quiet kid who felt invisible, silenced, and alienated from those around her, a closet introvert who craved meaningful connection but often experienced severe social anxiety and crippling emotional isolation instead. Her story of trauma, Complex PTSD and disassociative rage sent her on a healing journey of deep reflection, recovery, and transformation. Teaching herself to literally be seen and heard over the years on screen, stage and print has helped her reconnect with her true self and claim her power and voice. And now she puts her 20 plus years of expertise to use by helping camera shy entrepreneurs, coaches, and consultants show up courageously to connect with, inspire, and serve their ideal audience by being 100% themselves on video without fancy equipment, a million tries, or an inner critic that takes over the show. I was eager to have Raina on the show after hearing her transformational and empowering story, and I'm hoping you will be as inspired as I was. Thanks, Raina, for joining us today.
1: Hi, Dr. Sean, it is awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me. What a fun invitation. Thank you. Well, when we
0: met, you shared with me a very powerful transformational story of moving from having no voice to now empowering others to be seen and heard. Please share with us that journey and that story.
1: Oof, It's essentially a lifetime story of feeling like the awkward, invisible kid in the room ever since I was a kid, I felt a little bit different. Mm, Yeah. mm -hmm. I wanted to reach out to people. I wanted connections so badly. I craved it. And I didn't know what was wrong. A (laughs) lot of messaging that I got from my environment, from my culture, for my gender, so many things. I grew up in India too. So there's like a lot of layers here, right? Generational messaging that can be problematic, can be received in a certain way, especially for a young child who didn't feel like she fit in. I got the message that I was not enough. I was not okay as I was, that I needed to shrink myself, to silence myself, to erase the strongest aspects of myself in order to not only be okay, but to make other people feel okay. And to be safe, I suppose. To be safe. Well, yes, there was a safety in if I fit in, if I don't stand out, then I won't get judged. I won't get criticized. I won't get picked out as different. Now, what I didn't see, what it took me a long time and a lot of, heartbreak and difficulty and trying what I didn't see then is that I think there's a Dr. Seuss line right like uh what is it something about standing out I don't I don't I don't remember it's a great line but I don't remember (laughs) Um, what was happening in retrospect in hindsight which is 2020 uh what was happening is that people saw me in a very different way than I saw myself on the inside and so what really the journey was, was a journey back into myself, mm-hmm. into healing the parts of me that those around me weren't able or couldn't be able or didn't know how to heal. And that journey was mine. That healing was mine to own first. Because for a lot of my life, the the wounds and the brokenness came, you know, the, the way they manifested was either in a victim mentality, in judging others harshly, in criticizing others. It comes from a place of hurt, right? Of Mm -hmm. comparing myself to others and putting myself down. Like they, why can't I have what they have? Why can't I do what they do? Why can't Mm -hmm. I be the way they are? Mm -hmm. And the whole while people looked at me and were actually a little bit intimidated. By the talents and the strength and the power that was within me that I was unable to see. I couldn't see it because I was blinded and blindfolded and foggy visioned by the messaging that I got that Mm -hmm. I was not enough and that I wasn't okay. And how does a child
0: make sense of that? We look to these people to reflect back to us who we are because we don't really have a sense of that yet. What was that difference be, with how people saw you and how you saw yourself? What was the different stories there?
1: It's so funny because now the more I talk about it, the more I get other people saying me too. But when we're young, we feel like we're the only one who is suffering. We feel like the, the sense of isolation, that's, that's the tricky part with like isolation, right? If you think of isolation as like a beast It's, Mm -hmm. it's power is to make you feel like you're the only one. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I was, I was in my head a lot. I'm still in my head a lot, (laughs) but I have ways to cope now and actually make it like work for me. Um, I was in my head a lot. I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of big existential questions. I was a very curious child, a very creative child. I didn't fit in. There was things I was drawn to that were not reflected around me. So I was craving a kind of role modeling that I wasn't seeing. And how I received that as a child was that, oh, the things you were intuitively drawn to are not okay because they're not in your environment. Now this Mm -hmm. is, mind you, in the eighties and nineties to date myself, right? So we didn't even have the internet, we didn't have smartphones, we had no phones. We had like there was one phone between twenty people on a block, right? That you shared. So there was no way to get outside of the environment that I was given and grown up with. So imagine like a fish in a fishbowl. I a could unicorn, feel. I
0: said <laughs> a unicorn in a donkey world. You were yes. a unicorn in a donkey world.
1: And the donkeys were lovely, right? <laughs> This is not to say I had a very, uh, on the surface, I had a very acceptable, more than acceptable, I had a wonderful childhood, right? Mm -hmm. Which is part of, I think the wounds for me became so invisible because there was nothing overtly obvious that I could point to that was making me feel the way I was feeling on the inside. Right. Mm-hmm. There was food on the table. I had a good education. My parents are still together. I have a younger sister. I went to school every day. A good school. I had, you know, I knew people there. I didn't feel like I was close to anyone. There was a certain kind of emotional intimacy that I craved. I've always craved since I was a child. Of connection, of communication, of conversation, of vulnerability, of allowing all parts of myself out to be able to ask the big questions and not get shut down. I was always asking big questions and I felt like I was getting shut down, but I realized now in hindsight, there were other, everybody around me did the absolute best they could. They did what they could with the tools that they had at the time, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I can look back 20 years from now and say, hmm, maybe that wasn't so great, but it's okay. I accept it. And this is part of actually what I teach in the camera work that I do. Um, The first pillar, I have like three pillars that I teach from. And the first pillar is acceptance. It's full and complete self acceptance, which is not a lot of things. uh, It's not what a lot of people who teach what I teach. I mean, there's a lot of people out there doing camera work, but I really focus on the inner work because you can have all the fancy equipment and all the lighting and all the information and all that noise that you want. But if you're inside, you're not aligned and strong on the inside. If your relationship with yourself isn't strong enough, then all of the inner critics are going to come out. All that feeling of not good enough, of lessening yourself, of erasing yourself, all that noise starts coming out. So what I found is that doing this work for myself, right? Right. I practice what I preach and I have to embody what I teach. Mm -hmm. So I have to take my own medicine first and foremost every single day, accepting myself as I am
0: today. Mm. How did you find that courage to give yourself permission to step out of that mold and say, I think I can. I'm not sure I buy into what people are saying to me and that I need to play small. So how did you find that within you?
1: I have always been an intuitive person and our mm-hmm. intuition often gets clouded by a lot of the external noise that comes in. The, again, these messages that we, we take in from an environment. I feel very fortunate to have had a strong enough, still small voice as we sometimes call it, the voice inside, the wisdom inside and even when it was a teeny tiny little squeaky voice, I, tr- some part of me trusted that. And at some point I developed um, this kind of, this, this mantra for myself, which was find at least one person out there who reflects what you are seeking. Trust that thing that you are seeking and trust in a world of, what's our population now? Like 8 billion people. I don't even know. It's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of people on the planet. And I, I teach this in my, in my uh, work as well as a coach. Trust that there's at least one person out there who shares the, some specific critical points of your journey and who's a couple of steps ahead of you. That's all if you trust that, and don't rest till you find that person. And when you find that person, you may not know what they look like, what they sound like, what they do, what their name is, label is, country of origin, nothing. But you will know when you see them and hear them and feel their vibe, that's the thing that I've been looking for. And so I basically made a collage, a mental collage of role models. I was I was kind of dogged in my search for like, there's got to be one person out there. Everything from like, from style to vibe to manners, like there's somebody who doesn't fit in and is standing out in a way that feels good to me. And I would reach out to them either in person, if I could, and just say, thank you. That's all I would do is say, thank you for showing up the way you do. Because I know what it takes now. I know what it takes to put yourself out there.
0: Yes, it's so brave and so scary to it's take that scary. risk.
1: And it, I am allowed. I allow myself to do it more and more. When I believe there's one person out there, even right now in this episode of your uh, podcast, there's one person today who needs to hear this message from you and from me in this way. That's it. Yes. Yes. That's all I need to believe. I don't even need to ever have heard from them. If, like I don't need to hear from them in the future. If they reach out, great. If not, that's okay. I believe it. I trust it. And that's all I need to know. And this has been, you know, I'm over 40 years old at this point. So I've been doing this. I've done the work over and over and over again and strengthen that muscle. And it doesn't always work, right? There have been times I also, you know, uh, part of my journey is dissociative rage and complex PTSD. Like that is not small stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have the language around that when the things were happening at the time they were happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. What is dissociative rage and how
1: did this show up for you? So I have a, essentially a lifelong history of repeated dif- It's kind of a certain kind of traumatic pattern that's repeated itself over and over again. Mm -hmm. Um, For anyone out there who's a people pleaser or a codependent of any kind who seeks validation and approval from outside before the inside, Mm -hmm. this may resonate, right? Mm -hmm. So I fell into different kinds of relationships that were not healthy. Uh, People who were supposed to help and protect me ended up harming me. And that sets certain patterns in the brain, right? I don't know if you know this. I have a, I actually have a degree in neurobiology. I don't talk about it much and don't use it much. But oh, that's fantastic. From, yeah. So I never thought I would use it. Um, but I go back to it now when I start, when I, because I've, I've been teaching myself about the healing that I needed and then sought the the therapy and the other coping tools and the techniques that I needed. And I've been doing it on my own in bits and pieces, kind of piecing together Mm -hmm. who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mm -hmm. didn't know for the longest time, I thought again, that old pattern that's carved in the brain, it's like a grand Canyon in the nervous system, right? When we have repeated trauma over and over again, it reinforces those unhealthy views of self Mm -hmm. and the, the, the patterns that keep repeating themselves. At one point, I remember just having, we have these wake up moments and we can pay attention to them or not. They're happening all the time. Um, And at the right time, the right place, you know, you hit some kind of rock bottom. And I remember having, I've had many of these wake up moments. Um, They're like chapters in a book. But at one of them realizing, I see a pattern. What is similar in this pattern? Me. Now, not me in the way that I'm going to blame myself alone and shoulder all the guilt and shame for the reality that I'm living Mm -hmm. because that was another pattern. I would take on all the blame, all the guilt. I would suck up that criticism, right? I would suck up the judgment Mm -hmm. because some part of my brain found it familiar. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. When you share, when you share the story about, being a child and hear, seeing people on the outside telling you how you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to show up. If you do it this way, then the outside world will be happy. If you don't do it that way, the outside world won't be happy. That child gets programmed to manage the outside world so that their inside world would be okay. And they're given the message that somehow they're responsible for other people's behavior and other people's feelings. And especially if that child is empathic, if they're a highly sensitive child, they're tuned into the inner world of other people. And so they go through life managing it this way. And unfortunately, it results in that being a continued pattern with trauma and with hardship that when people misbehave with them, or harm them or abuse them, they think, what did I do? I must have done something. So it's my fault. And if it's my fault, then it's my responsibility to change it. And so we get stuck in that loop, just keeping trying. And that's the pattern we want to break, where is what you're talking about of of stepping back and saying, I'm not responsible for how other people feel or how other people behave. And this effort i'm making to manage the inner world of other people it doesn't work <laughs> so i'm going to step back and i'm going to start managing me and heal myself and be my own inner parent and really begin to rescue that inner child inside that's been told she's too much and but actually she has an assignment on her to be big in this world, to take up space in this world. And there's nothing wrong with that. She's not being dramatic. She's not being self-centered or whatever people have labeled it. She's meant to shine in that way on the stage. I really relate to that because in my own journey, I, I too was always told that somehow that's wrong or bad to feel compelled to want to entertain or to be on a stage or to, be more public and it wasn't until i met somebody who said this is just who i am it's not my ego it's not that i'm doing it because i want these things from other people it's because i feel alive when i do it i i i can't help it and so i i have to do it i will do it for the rest of my life and and when i heard that i just gave myself that permission and stepped into it. And that's what you're talking about, that we can inspire that with someone saying, you're, you're not in the 50% normative group. You might be that 5%er that is meant to be in this unique way in this world and go for it, do it. And someone like you can help them do it. And, and you're sharing that you really walk through the fire to polish yourself, to get to a place, the fire of trauma, the fire of not only these toxic words, but these experiences that affect our brain, affect our body, that we need to heal from, peel off so that we can step into our design. Very powerful. I'm so
1: I'm so glad you brought up, you, you hit on so many key words that have been part of my journey. I mm-hmm. identify as a super empath. Mm-hmm. So I literally, I can feel people's feelings like crazy, but yeah. The flip side of that is that they can feel my vibe too. I get, I talk to strangers all the time. They feel safe and comfortable with me. I can relate and connect with people very easily. And that's part of what I teach too. How do we do that, right? It's an, I want to say, you know, a lot of people think it's an inborn skill. It's not. It came from a lot of work right? Mm -hmm. But knowing how not to trigger people and not in a sleazy way at all. I love the sense of connection. And I see both of us gain when I do that. It Mm -hmm. has to be two-sided. The true, meaningful, empathetic connection is a two-way street, right? So there's never any sense of sleaziness or of selling or anything. It's like, do you want to hang out? I have stuff. I can basically give you my energy, If you need energy, I've been to shows and concerts where someone's walked onto stage with like an incredible presentation. I mean, my skin tingles. I'm like, I see myself in this person. I feel myself in this person. I thank them in my mind so hard for, having the courage to show up that way. We need those performers. We need those entertainers. We need, I needed those role models. And I continue to do so. And one of the things I do, and I'll drop this here for anyone who's listening. If you see someone that sparks joy in you, that sparks inspiration in you, that lets you see yourself in a way that you might not even have dreamed of for yourself consciously, but something in your subconscious knows when you see the sparkles or the glitter or the hair or the makeup or the voice or the vibe or the music, right? You see that, you feel it. One piece of advice is reach out and let them know that you saw them. Wow. That's so powerful. Let them know. I have made some incredible connections without even wanting to. I didn't want anything from the person from a place of deep gratitude. Thank you Mm. for showing up exactly the way you are. Messy and imperfect and loud and shiny. And that's okay because that's how I see myself. And that's the permission I give to my clients as well. I want to give you the permission. I want to give you the energy to do the thing that you were born to do, that you had not been allowed to that you hadn't seen role modeled and unbog yourself down from all the fluff. Right. We're, we're told, mm-hmm. Um, I grew up playing classical music. It was not for me, but I'm super grateful for the foundation in music that I had. I play a very different style of music now. It's like completely improvised. So I don't know what's going to come. It, it, It comes with being in the moment, right? And accepting again, back to acceptance, accepting every little mistake, mistake in quotes, that's how music has evolved by somebody breaking the rules of the past and saying, I accept what I played right now. And if I repeat it, it becomes a pattern. It goes from being a mistake to bring a new style. Mm. It doesn't fit the old mold, but you are at the forefront of the new wave Mm -hmm. by breaking the mold.
0: You you really spoke to me when you said that they also feel our energy. I never thought about it like that before Mm -hmm. that that is really helpful. And also when For our listeners out there, when you do see someone that has that gift and that is shining, it is so meaningful to go up to them and encourage them. I I know for myself that when I gave myself that permission to show up, I was so scared. I was shaking in my knees because here I am, a medical professional, showing up with my full personality in this whimsical way that other psychologists weren't showing up as. They, They look very doctor like but i was very unicorn like and i just said i'm gonna do it this is me this is my personality and it was scary and at first i got a lot of naysaying a lot of people saying what are you doing don't do that what are people gonna think but those people that messaged me and said thank you so much for being so genuine and authentic you really made a big difference for me That was so encouraging and fueled my efforts forward. So I often hear people say that they don't compliment people because they believe they already know that. But because of that, that person never gets compliments. So we really need to give them compliments and tell them, I like this about you. I appreciate that about you. So I
1: really appreciate that encouragement today that you're giving to our listeners. Absolutely. Abs- I wouldn't be here, Dr. Sean, if you did not put yourself out there the way you did and you continue to do. I mean, by the way, I love this blue on you. It looks great. Oh, I mean, the, gla- the whole thing I'm like, you. this is a fun person, right? This is someone who owns their personality, who accepts their personality, who flaunts it for everyone, not from an ego place, but from a place of joy, from mm-hmm. a place of uplift, from a place of healing. There is a concept, and I teach this too, there's a concept, it actually comes from, um, uh, it's a Japanese artistic concept called kintsugi. I don't know if you've, you've heard of kintsugi, but kintsugi mm-hmm. is a form of ceramic art where oh, yes. you take broken things uh, like like a plate, or a cup, or a bowl, or a mug, and they're put back together, they're glued back together with a gold, um, I guess, uh, a glue of some sort. Uh, I don't know ceramics, I don't do the art, but, but they're basically put back together so you can see it's highlighting the wounds in gold, mm-hmm. right? Instead of hiding our broken places and our wounds, They are highlighted. That's where we teach from. There's a a very, um, one of my favorite uh, Buddhist, he's a Buddhist monk uh, named Thich Nhat Hanh. I don't know if you've read any of his work. And he has this concept of teaching from the wounds. Our wounds are what make us strong. Our scars are what make us soldiers, right? In the battlefield. But like, Battlefield is kind of a, a a strong metaphor, but I mean like on this even on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. Entertain from a place of healing that mm-hmm. comes from burnishing those wounds with gold, not hiding them.
0: Yes. You're talking about turning that pain into purpose.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is so meaningful of a journey mm-hmm. that we do.
1: Yes. We're so I think we are conditioned to be embarrassed of the pain. It's not okay right? Somehow mm-hmm. we're told this. And then when we start speaking about it, you become the leader that people say, Oh, she said it now. What a relief. I can say me too. I suffered yes. in this way too, but I was too scared to say it first. Mm-hmm. Right. I had this other concept called like starting the party or being oh. the match. <laughs> I consider starting myself the party a, or, being st- the match. or being the match. Um, the two, d- different ways of the same concept is like i love so backstory i love to dance and i will go dance anywhere even if nobody else is dancing because the music music is like my safe space um it takes me it elevates me outside of the noise in my head and really gets me to to a place of like euphoric kind of spiritual joy um and i noticed this at some point Anytime I was at like a party or a concert or something where there was music, you know, that had kind of a beat or a groove where it was meant to be danced to. And I would look around. The dance floor would be empty, right? Just things are getting warmed up. Things are getting started. I could feel the vibe, like you could see the speakers are thumping, you can see people around the dance floor kind of leaning up against a corner, holding a cup or something. And you see their shoulders shaking a little bit, you see their head kind of doing this a little bit, you see the toes tapping a little bit, but no one is willing to make the first move. Mm -hmm. And I realized from a place of service, like it sounds absurd, because I felt that in my body. Mm -hmm. And I said, if I go first, if I take the chance, I am allowing other people to know it's safe here. You can come. I will be the one. In comedy, it's called taking the bullet. The one who goes first to test out the audience, right? To get them going. It's the scariest. It is the scariest place, but it's someone's got to do it. And I did that. And when I realized five seconds later, the floor would be packed. Mm. There would be a huge, I mean, within minutes, people had flooded there because they saw someone freely enjoying, allowing themselves to enjoy themselves and the floor would be packed. I would often, almost always at some point, step away from the crowd and just watch. This is where I said, I just had to strike the match, right? The fuel was there and it was ready and waiting to catch fire. And all I needed to do was strike the match. It wasn't about me. It was just about being the match, starting it, the party. And mm-hmm. it gives me the most joy to see that amount of people. Like you basically are building community by, get, by allowing everyone to come together. And whether it's dance or coach or teach or be, however it is, mm-hmm. giving the permission was like a big deal. Because I had to give myself permission Back to taking my own medicine, right? Mm -hmm. It's so
0: hard to articulate the joy that is experienced when you see people step into that freedom and express themselves without restraint. It's just so beautiful.
1: I mean, that's food for my soul. It's really food for my soul. When I see someone step into their their power and their purpose and their passion, Yes, it feeds us and it helps me keep doing it. And that's Mm -hmm. where it becomes mutual. It cannot be like the work I do doesn't work unless it heals me. Also, it has to heal us both. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work other ways. It's not a one way street. I call it co-active coaching. Actually, the kind of coaching I do is called co-active coaching. It happens in relationship. It happens from a place of trust, from a place. It's not just, oh, someone pays me a bunch of money and I give you some tips and tools and like information and bunch of pdfs that you're not going to use it's like no we are in the moment doing the work in relationship you are bringing to me what you're struggling with and by that you're already naming it articulating it as you said right Yes. acknowledging where you are and where you want to go and mm-hmm. together we get you there right yeah it works both ways This is the courage
0: of leaders being willing to step forward where nobody is and or maybe nobody's gone just so that you can inspire those to join you because you know that it's good. You know that it's in the best interest and the higher good for all and you're compelled to do that and it is scary and often is the loneliest place because there aren't people that are willing to stand next to you at first, but then they come, <laughs> and then you can sit back and see it and just have the joy of seeing that positive wave occur. I want to I wanna, I wanna ju- step back to what you said earlier about our stories, and you were touching on how we get stigmatized. We get stigmatized with whatever trauma stories we have, abuse stories, and this is why I want to have people on the show like you like me, like so many others, whose story did not define them, it fueled them, that they were not conformed to that story, but they transformed, they used their pain to that purpose, and they had victory, and they had a life, and they move into this life full of their dreams, and their potential, and they inspire others, and nobody would know that that may have been part of their history, but when we come forward and we say that me too, I am someone who had this, it is a risk because you do have that little voice inside that goes, gosh, people might think different of you now, or they're going to see you different, or maybe you're going to be targeted and you get fearful, but you lay it down and you say, no, I'm going to break through this because it doesn't define me. So we need people to share the story of how that trauma that diagnosis that journey did not inhibit their future Mm -hmm. so often people say my they think their diagnosis defines their destiny and that this is who i am that's not who you are that's what some professional assigned to the paperwork to send to your insurance company so the insurance would pay (laughs) and so we would know what (laughs) medication would be more effective for you or to research you know but this is not you as a person this is not what is going to be in your future. Sometimes we need to manage symptoms. We need to manage our triggers as they come up, but we can find ways to successfully manage them and tools and coping skills so that they don't, uh, paralyze our life in the way that we're so fearful that they will. And so you're really sharing that you're saying, I didn't, I didn't let that define me. I didn't own that stigma. I said I own myself and I stepped into it. Very and powerful. I will
1: say it 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 wasn't it hasn't been easy and I don't share everything with everybody. It's still the other pillar of my my program. I run a small group coaching program for the camera presence work that I do. And another pillar is respect. So accept respect are key parts of that. Right? Mm-hmm. We can't connect unless we accept Respect and then project ourselves out. So, the respect part, I'm sweating here, so give me a second. It's mm-hmm. hot. Um, the respect part is about knowing my boundaries, knowing what I need to keep me feeling safe and secure, knowing who I can share what with, at which point in time. There was a time. I could not talk about any of this stuff with anybody. I mean, talk about dissociative rage. People mm-hmm. look at me and think, there's no way. You're like a happy, joyful person. How could you possibly have that happen? I'm like, it's not being upset about something like, oh, a mug broke, right? It's mm-hmm. not, It it is, I found myself, I mean, and this is like, I had to do this. I did all of this discovery work on my own, which was oh. really, I mean, he, YouTube <laughs> for the win. Yes. I dug and I dug and I researched and I read and I listened and I asked questions. I reached out to people and I asked, and if this fit, but that didn't, I took took what I needed and left the rest behind and moved and kind of, it's like sculpting in the dark, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I discovered, I related, I was so surprised by this. I related so closely to the stories of war veterans, they mm. would describe their PTSD symptoms in almost the exact same language that mm. I found myself using. I'm like, something is not making sense here. What is this? Why am I experiencing symptoms in the exact same way that like, and these were usually male war veterans, I'd right? been like, you know, in, in Iraq, and, like horrible situations where they've seen their colleagues, head blow off, like really traumatic stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm looking at my life thinking, I didn't have any of that happen. I've had some bad things happen, but in my head, they weren't bad enough. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh. I think, part of the symptom too, is like, you never think it's bad enough. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was still doing a number on my mm-hmm. brain in a way that when I got triggered, I would fly into these rages mm-hmm. that would last sometimes hours, sometimes multiple times a week. They did not make sense. All I got told is, like, you have to control your emotions better. Like, only if you controlled your emotions better, then you would be fine. You're the cause of all the problems in this relationship or in this situation or in this whatever, because you can't control yourself. And I'm thinking, if only you, you knew the weight. On me from being, I and I'm beating myself up enough about this, and I'm getting the additional beating upness from the outside, it wasn't not helpful. And like, something is off, like, I don't know how to make sense of this, and I'm willing to do everything. I did so many things. I tried 12-step programs. I tried all kinds of therapy, this therapy, that therapy, the other therapy. I read, I watched, I listened, I went, I asked, I called, like I did, I've called hotlines. I've I've done the work. So not for lack of trying, but that, that insistence, that drive, that perseverance. And like, I want to understand this because something in me feels like, I want to understand what this is without faulting myself to a point of paralysis where I'm like, well, I'm just this like awful person. I, mean, I wasn't like that with everybody. It was only in the most intimate relationships that when I would get triggered, I would get into these rage states. It wasn't all my life, but it got worse and worse. I actually had, um, yeah, I'll show you. I had a really good therapist, or actually she's still my therapist. I'm not talking about her in the past tense, but here, yeah, let me show you. She showed me this in a great way. She said, Think about this. This is your your wholeness as a person, you know, born into the world. You're holding you up a piece of paper. A piece of paper. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. For people who are just listening, I'm holding up a piece yeah. of paper, and I've made one tear in it. First traumatic incident, right? Next traumatic incident. A little more of my inner self gets ripped. Another one. Can you hear the paper tearing? I'm yes. halfway down now, right? And then so on and so forth, so on and so forth. And at the point, at some point, I was basically like a bedraggled sheet of paper with just being held together at the seams and split the paper in two. There was some final incident, right? Mm-hmm. A straw that broke the camel's back. That That's when I think the rage started because it was unhealed trauma over time, compounded yes. over time.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is so important that people understand trauma with the new information that we have about trauma and that when they listen to people talk about it that they're trauma informed or they get help from trauma informed therapists mm-hmm. because what we have learned now is that trauma is physiological not mm-hmm. psychological it's mm-hmm. what we call bottom up it happens mm-hmm. in our body and then our mind will respond but we cannot heal trauma with Intellect, like in uh, analyzing it and having insight. So when people approach it saying, well, just think this way, just manage your emotions this way, just for that person that's body has a world of its own, they're thinking, and how do I do that? So we need to understand that the body is doing what it needs to do and use our mind. To help soothe the body and and learn Mm -hmm. those techniques to do that, learn the techniques for grounding, for changing the nervous system to regulate Mm -hmm. it. And, and so forth. So it is very common for trauma folks to have physiological symptoms, to have nervous system responses that they don't understand. And they go, why is this happening? Where did this come from? Mm
1: -hmm. And they feel
0: hijacked by it. And so it's so important that we educate them so that they don't feel hijacked, but they actually know that there is something we can do. Mm -hmm. The other day I was with someone at lunch and they, a man yelled behind them. And it instantly triggered a trauma response for them. And they got watery eyed, panicked in the face. I went to the bar and I got a lemon. And I came and I said, here, suck on this. And they sucked it on the lemon and immediately their nervous system shifted. Wow! And that's a hack. That's a hack that you can use when you're feeling that you're gonna have a panic attack to suck on something that's very sour or hot. It confuses the nervous system. It distracts it. It, the, the the nervous system runs over to attend to the lemon. So it's very mm-hmm. helpful. But if you don't know that, then I could have sat there and said, well, just think this, just think that. Here's a positive affirmation. And the person would have gone worse, worse, and we would have had a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so important. Well, tell us That's about great. your program. let us I would <laughs> love for the listeners to know about the program you offer and these pillars. And so tell us about that.
1: Oh, sure. And I'm just getting started on this particular aspect of my journey. I've been doing one-on-one coaching and I do group leadership presence coaching um, with an agency. And I've just started my own private practice and I'm super excited because I get to do it my way (laughs) and make it really fun. And um, yet with, I want people to get results right away. So putting Mm -hmm. the fun in there and getting results right away, starting to get into action and movement right away, as you said, A lot of the the camera shyness is like the gift wrapping, right? It's really about, my program is about connection. How do we connect with courage authentically, Mm -hmm. meaningfully, and by being 100% ourselves? Mm -hmm. And this is especially important for entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, experts in any field that have all the information. They've got the goods right? Mm-hmm. They have the knowledge, but it's all up in there in their head. And then suddenly they're like, Oh my God, I have to market myself. I have to sell. I have to get clients. I don't know what to do. I'm going to sit in my room mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep, uh, what does someone call it? Procrasti branding. <laughs> <Is laughs> <Procrasti-branding. laughs> Where it's like, you focus really intently on like, no, this font, no, that font, no, this word, no, that word. I'm going to change it a little bit. And that's, what's going to make them the difference. Mm-hmm. Right. So I really help people from a place from, like I said, from the inside out. It's not about, yes, we do the tips and techniques and I will show you the simplest technology. That's why I'm doing this actually recording from my car on my phone, because that's what I teach. How can we connect using the simplest possible technology so we don't get bogged down you can look great or not it doesn't right you I want you to look how you look so we'll do some styling and some branding but Mm -hmm. that's appropriate to you I'm not going to make you look or sound like me I'm Mm going to help you look and sound like you in a way that you may or may not even have known so we get into the subconscious blocks I have some exercises around releasing subconscious blocks what's really blocking you from putting yourself out there imperfectly messily good enough Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. accepting your enoughness Mm
0: -hmm. in the
1: moment and starting just starting somewhere because this is what I have done all my life and it's taken me years decades to learn this and be able to systematize it Mm -hmm. and so what I offer is like basically I've you know boiled all that down to the essence of what it is so it's like It's a premium program and it's short. So I actually cut out the noise because a lot of the times like you buy lower ticket stuff and people feel like they have to (laughs) stuff the bra as it were, like give you all this extra stuff. And you're like, I'm actually overwhelmed. I just, just tell me the one thing I need to do. And the one way I can like solve my particular issue, which all the coaching I've done in the past also The same solution might be, you might have an opposite approach for another person. So I do really custom stuff. It's only small group, you know, 10 to 15 people at most. And the main pillars, right, you can't connect unless you accept, respect, and project. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, right? So before you connect, first accepting yourself, who you are, your story, all parts of your story, not just one thread that might have defined you in the past, but all of it. Accept mm-hmm. your goodness as well. A lot of us have a very hard time accepting and knowing our goodness. I often ask this of people, what are your best qualities? In fact, Dr. Sean, what are your best qualities? I love. What do you people. love about yourself?
0: I love that I love people and that I have a lot of hope and that I'm playful, I'm funny, I'm engaging and sincere and authentic. That's what comes I behind. love
1: that. You've obviously <laughs> done the work. A lot of people find that very hard mm. to accept in themselves, let alone talk about in an authentic way, like into a camera. And there's something that the camera does, especially nowadays, where it's very hard for us to gather in person right? We can't travel easily. We can't meet people easily. You're not going to parties and dinners and cocktail events and networking do's and whatnot. So how do you find your ideal audience, let alone connect with them? We have the camera. Now there's something that the camera does for a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people get completely freaked out at the thought of being recorded. It's like that that button i'm gonna press that button no and it's like that red button that Mm -hmm. little tiny red button can have Mm -hmm. so much power over us because Mm -hmm. it's the portal between us being in our head and being out in the world and it comes from a place right of again unhealed trauma or triggers Mm -hmm. where like being out in the world is somehow unsafe we work on releasing those parts of ourselves of accepting Mm -hmm. them and then letting them go. Experiencing them fully in a safe way and releasing them because the only reason why we continue to get triggered is that we have not released those feelings yet. Mm -hmm. So we have to identify those feelings, articulate those feelings, accept those feelings, and then release them before we can press that button and be okay with the way we are. Mm -hmm. right so accept and then the next is respect respect what you have is enough respect your time respect your energy respect your boundaries Mm -hmm. respect yourself as you are you are allowed to create putting yourself out there does not mean running around naked in the streets necessarily unless (laughs) if you're fine with that that's fine but putting yourself in a place that feels unsafe we don't have to do that we can find ways around it right? Mm -hmm. We can find ways to help us keep our self-respect, keep ourselves true to how we want. If we are playful, let us be playful. If we want to be like a serious weighty person with a lot of gravitas, if that's who we are, then we can be that. So -hmm. we can respect who we are and not feel like we have to imitate somebody else the way they are. So that's Mm -hmm. the other core pillar is respect, self-respect and respect for the other person, right? What are you offering? Like if you Say, we're a client of mine, we're going to work on how you find your ideal audience. Mm-hmm. Who are those people? Can you respect their time? Can you re- really feel them? Allow your inner, your empath to, to come to the forefront. Can you feel their pain? Can you respect mm-hmm. where they are in their process? So you don't feel you have to hard sell anybody. Mm-hmm. Only the people who are just <clears throat> ready exactly for this at the time will come. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you're in a place of calm effortless business, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, it just comes to, you magnetize by being in this place of respect. And Mm -hmm. people want that. If you can embody it again, like I said, I embody what I teach. I practice what I preach and I embody what I teach. If I can't take my own medicine, I have no right selling it to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then the third pillar is project. Then when we've done all of that work, then project as and put yourself out there. Then we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. We allow ourselves to be courageous. We allow ourselves to speak our truth. And yes, we'll do some message polishing and we'll find ways to, you know, all of that, right? The, the good news is that because I have such a varied background, I'm a generalist that gets like really good in a lot of things. So I have a copywriting a background, marketing, like I said, neurobiology and music performance, uh, style and branding design, like all of those things in one package. The, the things that I thought made me so different and isolated as a kid are the things that are the most important and fun parts of my program. Yeah. <laughs> So we have a lot of fun. We'll find special ways that make you like your signature look or your signature something, some part that makes it unique to you and not get Mm -hmm. bogged down. Well, other people are offering whatever this is. You know, it's I'm I'm service. I'm industry agnostic. So it doesn't matter what field people might be in. Mm -hmm. But really what I'm doing is taking you because disconnection is death, right? People Mm -hmm. want connection, not perfection. So if Mm -hmm. we're getting hung up on perfection, that's a way of hiding, mm-hmm. right? So I'm helping people simply make the connection from being the experts that they are, having the information, the tools, right? All the experience and wisdom that's living within them, that somebody, one person out there is dying for right now. And just making that bridge, right? By putting yourself out there, by being the match by starting the party. I'm really, really good at helping people get started. That's so helpful and so
0: needed because when we know that when you show up authentically and you come from that place of your heart and your truth, it really is compelling and you really give so much value to those that you're talking to And it's so confusing when you show up because you get all these different messages of Mm -hmm. what colors you should use and how your voice should be, your face should be, your, your image and all these things. And when you look at it and go, well, I'm kind of a unicorn. Like, I don't really fit that mold. I like bright colors. You know, how do I do that? It's, it's
1: confusing. So I should just be the unicorn coach. Totally. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All my clients are unicorns. They all feel Like they're the only one.
0: Yes. Yes. And by the way, in therapy, it is a common experience for people to come in and think they, they, their problems are not as bad as other people. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So they'll say things like, uh, I shouldn't be here. It's not that bad, but it's a very Mm -hmm. significant situation that needs attended to. Mm -hmm. And they think, or they think they're just very different than other people. So that's a very common experience. And I think one of the healing aspects for our healing principles for us is to understand how much we are part of the human community and that we share more alike than we are different. And so to take that shame out of it, that we're flawed in some way, but yes, this unicorn thing, I think to have a coach help, you to really find your way to talk normal. I found at first, that was really hard being on camera or to mm-hmm. sound normal, to look normal. Mm-hmm. And my family would say, you know, mom, why don't you just talk normal? Talk like how you talk. And I'm thinking I am like, what, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but you know, the more I practice, the more natural it came. And I I think yeah. it throws our brains off a little bit to talk to a screen or a computer versus mm-hmm. another human being. When we're with a person, we can it can come forth. And so to have that simplified, to have that organized is so, so valuable. So I'm so glad that you're offering that service to this world. And if there's any listeners out there that are needing that, that want to bring you into their companies to help the employees learn presentation skills, to learn how to... Be more successful in their interactions, to be a speaker, however people show up, whether they're on social media. I already know so many people that are looking for that right now okay. as they're out there on social media and, and trying to do all these uh, videos and these reels that are showing up on Instagram, mm-hmm. which are cringy when you see people <laughs> like <laughs> trying to do it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I hope I'm not cringing too, but, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyways.
1: So, Doing you know, it anyways. That, anyways exactly yeah. yeah. And there's something, there's something really valuable. And I, I wasn't able to articulate this until relatively recently. There is something, at least the people that come to work with me tend to be very similar to me in that we thrive on a few things on accountability, structure, and support. Right. Somehow it's not just knowing what I need to do, but having some an accountability, like someone who puts me in a place of accountability, who offers me the structure that's simplified, right? a simplified structure and like unconditional support, right? That yes. will call that someone who will call me on my BS, mm-hmm. call me on my fears, and, but with empathy, with compassion, with love, with joy Mm -hmm. and say, hey, I've been there too. Let's hold hands, jump in the muddy puddles and get dirty and do it together.
0: Mm -hmm. There's something
1: really big about accountability, structure and support, which I have paid premium prices just to get that from the right person. I don't want to dabble anymore. I don't Mm want to be a looky-loo anymore. I know what it's costing. It had cost me you know the time, the effort, the energy, the years, the actual dollars, over mm-hmm. so long spending little bits and pieces there for like band aid solutions. I'm like, I yes. don't want that anymore. And when I got the right kind of coaching, and mm-hmm. I was at the stage in which I was fed up and willing to invest in the right thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's when it works. So accountability, structure, support spells ASS. Um. So I needed to add something else. To it. And, and then I realized, oh my God, the thing before all of that is that I needed to put, I'm the kind of person that needs to put skin in the game. If I don't put skin in the game, whether it's like making a public commitment, right? Or uh, making a, a financial investment in myself. So then I feel like, all right, I mean, I've done this with like gyms and trainers or any kind of program or anything I really want to get to. If I invest in it, then mm-hmm. I'm more willing like, and able to show up because I'm like, oh, well, I, I, I put it mm-hmm. down. Like in the moment, I'm like, all right, I made the investment and now I yes. better do the work, right? And that's yes. how I've got things done. So that puts the S at the beginning. Put skin in the game, mm-hmm. then accountability, structure and support. So you've got sass. So if you like mm-hmm. a little sass in your life, that's the kind of people that I, I like to work with but yeah. yes. And I want to see more unicorns out in the world. Yes, this is where too. the joy is. I want mm-hmm. to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. I want to see them make the cringy reels. And I want to see those reels get better <laughs> more fun yes. and see, I call it peeling the layers of the infinite onion. We will keep yes. peeling. I'm constantly doing this work on myself, Dr. Sean. Yes. Yes.
0: I don't That's stop. That's the journey. That's the life journey. I've
1: loved to learn process. I mean, I'm a professional chef, for Mm -hmm. crying out loud. We have to learn process, loving the process. Because guess what? The food gets eaten. You can take all the pretty pictures you want. The food ain't going to (laughs) last.
0: Yes. I really appreciate you saying about having that safe, supportive feedback that you can trust and Mm -hmm. someone who's really going to be there with you. I know when I first started, I did invest in some coaches and they gave me this information, but they didn't uh, follow through with me where they were paying attention and giving me feedback. And it felt very uh, insincere, I guess I would Mm -hmm. say. And so you find a lot of coaches out there that are showing you that they can be kind of a dog and pony show. Like, look at me, I do this thing. But then when you actually hire them and work with them, they don't give you the sense that they really care about yeah. you and how you're showing up, they're paying attention. They're giving you feedback. They're saying, hey, I saw that post. I saw that video. I really like this about you. Instead, they'll say, well, for another $1,000, I will look at your video. Really? So it's just, there's a lot of insincerity out there. So I really appreciate that heartfelt coaching where someone is really truly invested in you. And I will say that I gave myself the permission to show up in the way I do. So I don't pre-plan my posts. I, I sometimes am very impulsive with my posts. I get an idea and I'm going, I'm sharing this right now. And I've had people message me that say, say what I liked about you was that your page wasn't polished, Mm -hmm. that you didn't have it all organized, Mm -hmm. that it wasn't a color thread or Mm -hmm. a certain pattern or certain fonts, but that you're just you. And when you look at my page, it's just really all over the map. It's not really beautiful like some of my friends because I'm just not that planful, but that's, I'm heartfelt. So you're going to hear in the moment from me. And that's just how I roll. And people like it. They connect with it. They trust it. it.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. I think we're, especially at this point in the world of media and social media, we are at a point where I know for me, There's enough people out there who crave raw authenticity more than anything else, right? I can buy a package of like fonts and colors and whatever and make like every other post is an inspirational quote. And then there's like me on a beach in white linen and like it looks amazing and this is my life. By the way, that's not my life. Like I'm sweating in the car right now and my (laughs) kids at home in computer school, we call it computer school, right? Uh, And I got to do grocery shopping. I'm a real real person and I Uh want people to know that. I think we're tired Mm -hmm. of the, the, the frilly exterior and the hollow inside. I'm like, I'm showing up with all insides Mm -hmm. and a messy exterior. And you're going to freaking love it because this is who I am. And that's the kind of person I want to work with. There's enough polish out there. If you want polish, Mm -hmm. take the polish. If I F up, you're going to know it. I'm going to own it and tell you, and I'm going to make it right. Right.
0: And I definitely trust that more when I have somebody that's all polished and stuff and I I'll get more suspicious with how they're going about their business and things. So it is very, it evokes that trust and that's Mm -hmm. good. So thank you so much for sharing with us today about your journey and just you giving yourself permission to be the sparkly unicorn that you are, that to get, to allow your voice to enter this world and to touch the lives of others and to inspire other people to do the same, to not keep that message that Whatever their journey was, whatever the words were that were spoken over them, whatever stigma was assigned to them, that they can break free from that, they can rise. And there are people out there that will lend a hand and pull you up and say, Stand on my shoulders, girl, Mm -hmm. because I'm gonna boost you forward and you are one of those people and I'm so (laughs) grateful for you so thank you so much and to get more information on Raina, I will have her information in our show notes you can go to her website, I signed up for her newsletter myself Ah, and I've checked everything out so it's wonderful, she has some free information on her website so go check it out and follow her and we will journey together so thank you so much Thank you for joining us today. I hope this discussion was inspiring and uplifting to your journey. Please remember this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to substitute a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Also, make sure you rate this show, share with those you know, and send us a shout out. Please message me with any topics you would like me to address or questions you have on social media at Dr. Sean Horn or on my website. Thank you again and may you Find joy in the journey and be richly
1: blessed.